Welcome to the Life Central Bikers Church Podcast. We trust that this message will speak into your life. Hallelujah. We don't fight our battles alone, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is how we fight our battles. With praise and thanksgiving. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus that we will be thankful. That's how we fight our battles. With a thankful heart. Father, we just welcome you this morning, Father, into the midst of your congregation. Pray for a move of your spirit on every life. And Jesus, how many times did you say to the churches in Revelation, him that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Not what the pastor says, but what you say. Come and speak life over your church tonight. Today, Lord, I pray this, Father, that if we can become a praying people, circumstances will change drastically in our lives. Thank you, Father. Lord, strengthen us to hear, but not only hear, Lord, would you allow a spirit of faith to be released in every life to say, Father, I need to improve in this area of my life. And not only say it, Lord, but leave this place and actually go and apply what we hear. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come, let's just let it take our seats here. We just also, as a ministry, want to give our condolences to Louis. I'm not sure where Louis is sitting, but Louis, just for the loss of Sinead, our hearts are with you, brother. May God strengthen you and may his wonderful peace. You know, the Bible says God is close to the brokenhearted. And when you're feeling down, when you're feeling empty, you can always just go and sit back and speak to Father God and he will drop into your heart incredible strength to cope. I know that is a fact. I want to just borrow the sound man. Kuterki. Ankebru. You see, I want to go Bible verses and not have to bend over every time to do it. So we'll do it like this today. Good morning. Amen. I see they've taken away my lack of screen so I can remain on track. But now it's been removed. I don't know if it's because I'm here. What? Oh. <laughs> Would somebody tell me when you make moves like this? I love that. Yeah, that's like that. It's even better now. Because <laughs> now I can check you out when you do it wrong. What? Like, Make it obvious as you go. <laughs> so there you have it. This morning I want to talk to you about a subject that I really believe. I've, I've ministered this a couple of places and I want to say this. I really believe the Lord wants you to hear this word this morning. Because there's none of us here that have not been called to pray. Our very communication with God is prayer. Our very contact with God. The God we worship. I love that song, eh? When I came out the grave. Wasn't that fantastic? 
We came out the grave of death. We came out the grave of darkness into a new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 just reminds me this morning. He who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We need to live like new creations. A new creation people are people that pray. So there is power and it is important to pray. I want to just break through into the foundation of this sermon to quote Dr. J. Parker's quote. Now listen to this. Because this is relevant and it's incredibly important. Because it affects the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, count the church by the volume of its prayers. Because the point of the matter is, any church is as strong, as effective, and as relevant as the prayers of the people that belong to the church. As he kept me good, honey. Far lady problem. Can I have you please just put up your hands for a second? <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact. And then he goes on to say, and it's all prayer related, he says, register the strength of the church, the kracht van die kerk, the volume van die kerk, wat uitpraat, wat uitpraat in die wereld, is wanneer hulle bid. He says, but the strength of the church lies in the purity of the church. The heiligheid van die kerk. But you see, purity is not just acting in a goody-good-old kind of a way. Purity is everything that affects our lives. The way we speak. Positively. Negatively. Amen. And it's time we actually need to learn that. Because you're impure if you gossip. Hello. Can I say that again? Just in case you missed it. It's impure if you sit and skinner. And run people down. And don't build up the kingdom of God. You break down. Amen. It is time we start building up. I'm always amazed at mature Christians, how immature they behave themselves by breaking down, by pulling down, because life is not as nice for you as you thought it was. Listen, who in the heck do you think you are? It's time you submit yourself to God and not the people. And purify your heart before God because that's what he says. The strength of the church is in its purity. Because if we impure and we gossip and we fight and we bicker and we walk in disunity, you will not have strength in the church. Listen, all of this is going to get a lot better, believe me. You're so excited you came this morning. I'm so excited we took up an offering before I preached. <laughs> he says, and the completeness of the church is two them Consecration. You see, we consecrated the actual completeness. What completes us? Ons two Ons The way we attend church. You know what? You need to attend. If you belong to the church, you need to attend the church. If you don't attend church and you're not going to church regularly, listen, you're telling God that you don't really love Him. You don't come here to show the people you come here. If that's the reason you come here, you're coming here for the wrong reason. You're coming here to glorify the Father. You're coming here because you add value when you're in this group. The morning, the fact that you are here this morning, you don't even understand. Corporately, you're adding something to this atmosphere. God is working through you something. The moment you think, oh Lord, that's true. 
Thank you, Lord. God, I need to change. You know, the moment you're saying that, you bring in a revelation of God into the house. <laughs> I want to ask this question this morning. How does your life add value to the church? How does your life add value? Is it adding value to the church? Hey, Understanding the significance of prayer. This is so important. We need to understand the significance. And why is prayer significant? Jesus thought it was significant. Let me tell you. Listen to what he says here. <clears throat> Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8. Jesus says, keep on asking. What does that say? I'm going to just put on the para quick. Hold there. Keep you open. Keep on means you don't stop now. Money or pony. He says, keep on asking. And what will happen? It's going to be given to you. Why? Because you keep on asking. Keep on seeking and you're going to find it. Have you ever lost your car keys? <laughs> you know that little thing you fit to your keys or something? You press a button. There's any frozen answer. And you sit near your hand and I'll you, want to your But I coat hanger and I last week's sandwich is not open. But like if you lost something, you keep seeking until you find it. Because if you don't find it, you've got a problem because then you can't use your motor car. It's the same as with our spiritual lives. We need to keep seeking. And Jesus says, keep seeking and you'll find it. He says, keep knocking. And then the amplifies it reverently. Erbidach. And knock at the door, and what will happen? The door will be opened up to you. And you know, when I, when I read that scripture, something that really dawned on me so amazing. Jesus said that. But you know what? He said it again. Because he wanted to emphasize the importance of prayer. Say with me, everyone. Say, I'm not excluded. So what does he say there in the next verse? For everyone. That's for everyone. Who keeps on asking, receives. And who keeps on seeking finds. And who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. You see, what we've got to understand, Jesus is saying, prayer is a spiritual discipline. It's a geestelike discipline for elke kind van Heere. If you proclaim Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, you need to be spiritually disciplined in all sorts of areas. But most prominently in your prayer life. But isn't that so? But you find it's very difficult most times for devout, really committed Christians to practice this on a consistent basis. Even the most devout slip up on this. We shouldn't be, but we do. You know, he has this fantastic scripture. I'm going to read it to you. Matthew, uh, where are we now? Matthew 26 40. I think it up there. Listen, Jesus. Jesus, just before he was crucified, he's praying in the garden. And the boys are with him there, the disciples. Listen to verse 40. He says, and he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said this to Peter. What? <laughs> That's always amazing. Isn't it? This is the quick, you know, I'm like a visualizer. Yes, Jesus has been praying. He's sweating drops of blood. And his skin says, these brutes, yeah, they're praying for me. They intercede. And he comes there. And yeah, they're all. He's, he's spoken to him. It just, what? 
You know that? What? What he says? Yeah, I'm reading here. Yeah, I better not read that. What? He says, are you so utterly unable to stay awake and keep watch for, uh, with me for how long? Can I ask you this? When last did you pray for one hour? And I see it at our church. Saturday morning we have a prayer meeting from 7 to 8. I go climb into the, we got a drum box that's closed. The door closes, it makes a noise there just because of our acoustic. So I go in the drum box and I can really speak to Jesus because nobody listens. I speak loud. Everybody's whispering to Jesus in the church. But I check. After 10 minutes, if we're lucky, 50, then the phone's out. Always walking around, he's reading my notice board. Just like, well, I dear from my drum box up. And I will not, it's good for the brothers and sisters. Can you learn it? But for ease. Do you know how much we have to pray for? Just to pray for this church, for the leadership of this church, for the ministry of CMA. Listen, it will keep you busy for five hours, never mind one hour. I see yourself not so two spits. It's a mooi word for Engels one. I see yourself so two spits for gebed, and you spend your time, and you and, and wakker over your bed, and you, and you make a note as you say, I bid for this, I bid for this. Then you get to your family and your friends, and probably your family takes another hour. Ne? I tell you, it's an omzin. But you know, when I read this, Jesus says, you can't wake up for an hour. Do you know where Jesus' strength came from? And that's really what stirred my heart. Just, just listen to this in verse 38 of Matthew. It's not up there. I'm going to read it to you. So you say, listen. He says, And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show grief and distress of mind, and he was deeply depressed. Jesus. Can you imagine? He, he wasn't guilty, but he knew what was going to happen to him. He knew the suffering. He was going to be nailed to a cross. He, you know, let me tell you, it's not like, just let's get this over with. Yeah. Let me tell you, Jesus knew what he was going to go through. And then verse 39 says, And going a little farther, he threw himself upon the ground on his face, and he prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will, desire. You know where Jesus got his strength from in his most drastic moments? From prayer. Where are you going to get your strength from when life is really going bad? You know where? On your knees in the presence of the Lord. Most of us run away. Most of us pick up the phone and skin it to Fricky and Sisara and Cephali. No, no. Go in your inner room. Go speak to Hanskinner for Jesus. And I'm telling you, he will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. Please listen to me this morning. Because I tell you, it demands time and discipline. It requires focus. And I know it can be hard and it is for our modern lifestyles to incorporate prayer into our lives. We're so busy with so much stuff that prayer becomes a secondary option. Amen. It's true. When we pray, prayer tries our patience. Please hear this. It's important that you understand that. We dislike waiting on God's answers. Ons was soos, soos die drive-thru, ek en nou betaal nou met ek Prayer is not like that. Prayer, God is organizing things in your favor for your life. You need to be patient and wait on the Lord. 
says so. Psalm 27 verse 14. Wait, yes, wait on the Lord. Not an emergency camp. When you've said amen, you expect to pour the blessings through your roof. No, it doesn't work like that. You need to be patient. And because we're impatient, what do we do? We come to a place and we manipulate our, our situation and we, and we begin to do our own things. We do quick fixes. Who's learned in life when you begin to do it your way, you've got to repair your way and die and come by a dear word now. Who's in by a dear word for you? But as God did it, as a freedom, as a blijdschap, as a dankbaarheid. Amen. In our heart. So what happens is prayer to many people become a luxury and not a discipline necessity. We need to understand that. Must be a priority. When I was thinking about prayer, Jesus talking about prayer, I thought of one of the great men of God who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the question about Paul. Did Paul need to pray? I mean, he was in contact all the time. He wrote the most amazing books uh, to the churches. And we read all these wonderful stories about his prayer. Think about Paul, and I wrote this here, with Paul's life as a self-sufficient, highly competent, well-educated, awesome leader, great teacher, a man of, a man of men, a main man of what counts, he could stand before Greek philosophers in Athens. He could debate with the best of them, speak to the kings and governors, and he left them amazed. This incredible guy, Paul as a natural, strong leader, understood something that we need to get sorted out in our hearts and lives. And that is this. Paul knew the absolute importance of spending time in prayer with his heavenly Gaan sien hoeveel keer as jy die Bible lees, het Paulus gesê, ons moet bid vir dit. You must pray for this. Pray for me for that. We praying for you for that. What was that? This. How many times? Broer, ek bid vir jou. Jy lieg man, jy gaan nie vir die broer bid nie man. Dit is net een lekker gezegde. Dit moet nie een lekker gezegde wees, jy moet het doen. As jy vir iemand sê, jy gaan vir hom bid. You know what you do? Jy sê, kom ons bid saam. Terwijl ons op die phone, sommer nou bid. But, here, ons loop hier aan vir hierdie omstandighe. Nah, that's what we must do. Quick to pray, quick to pray. We need to do that. God wants us to do that. I mean, Paul's strong, powerful uh, anointing on his life because he had a prayer life. He recognized, and we need to recognize, the effectiveness and the usefulness for God was in direct proportion to the dependence on his prayer life. You will never be effective if you don't have a prayer life. And, and, and it's actually very sad when you're part of the CMA ministry and we need to be effective and God has called you into the ministry. The way you're going to be an effective Christian and you're going to lead others to Jesus is because you spent time in prayer. Amen. Before you speak to others about God, speak to God about others. That was very good. <laughs> I mean, show me a person who's a prayer warrior. Tell me somebody who can spend some time in the presence of God. Call it an hour. Just an hour, maybe longer. I love what Martin Luther said. He said, geez, I'm going to be so busy this today. He says, I'm going to have to go pray six hours. <laughs> you think I only pray one hour? He prayed normally three or four hours a day. Martin Luther. He said, but today I'm going to be very busy. I better go pray six hours. Is there anybody who's prayed for four hours? Anybody like to put up their hand? We'd love to give you a badge. We've just run out of badges. 
You see, what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Listen, communication is a two-way street. It requires active participation between two people. I mean, can you imagine being married and, and you'd never talk to your spouse for two or three months? I'm not talking as you're so duck back from a car. I'm talking about the Bible says, it says, don't go sleep when you're angry. Stay up and fight. <laughs> Doesn't say that, eh? So don't let go to sleep with your anger. Settle it before you go close your eyes and sleep, man. <laughs> Stay up and fight. Don't do that. But you need to communicate. Can you imagine two people? You walk in your office, you don't communicate to your boss, you don't communicate, that'll fire you, man. But we do that with God. We say these few little prayers up to God and we don't bother with communication because He has the story. He communicates with us through His Word and, and we communicate and respond with Him in prayer. We read His promises. We read His breakthroughs. We read His anointing. And we take that and we go to Him in prayer and we say, Lord, thank You for this. Bless us. Thank You that I have the ability to ask You for this, Lord, because Your Word says, you see, this is not a communication, this is not a monologue, a monologue, it's a dialogue. This is why I believe many Christians don't pray or don't pray regularly in their lives or why they're reluctant to pray. They have nothing much to say. Why? Because they haven't listened to, to God because they're not reading His Word. I preached that word a couple of weeks ago in, in, in church in Cape Town. The importance of the Word of God. We need to have the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God so we can understand the things of God. And here's another issue why I believe people don't pray. Because they're not willing to deal with sins in, in areas or disobedience or compromise in their lives. They don't know better than And who can act better? And I can show fraud in my proud and many other. That's not what you but Amen. It is. It's because meeting with God through His Word begins to speak to me. I, I love the Scripture. May the Scripture talk to us this, this morning. Hebrews 4 verse 12. Listen to what it says here. For the Word of God, for the Word that God speaks, they work. Listen what it is. It is alive and it is full of power. Take Here book. Leva. That's a leaven book. For the unspiritual, it's a tom notas, a tom tugwerk. But for the kind of people, this is alive. This book. You proclaim it. You see it. You speak it. You 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 see it around you. You see it being fulfilled in your life. Amen. It says the word of God is alive and it's full of power. What does it do? Making it. Making it active, operative, and energizing, and an effective is the word. And then he goes on to say, and he's using an analogy, he says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. This, this sword, and, and in the day, they knew exactly what a two-edged sword was. Beide kant of, as jy om en jy maneuver om, jy kan baie damage doen that. But he's not saying the word is for that. For damage, you see, he says, for the word is for restoration, the word is for correction, for rebuilding, for re reviving, for recharging, for forgiving. Amen. 
That's what we need to read the word for. Because he says, it penetrates the, the dividing line between breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and the joints of marrow. Simply put, the word of God cuts into the spirit man, the soul man, and the body. And to its deepest parts of its nature. And this is what it does. It exposes, it sifts, it analyzes, and it judges the very thoughts and the purposes of our hearts. The word speaks into our life. When we pray, prayer is an act of faith. We need to understand that. Prayer is an act of faith. When you pray, you're talking to someone you can't see, but somebody who's tangible. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 is not there, but Jeremiah 33 says, Call unto me and I will answer you. The Amplified says, I will show you things you haven't even thought about. When we will just pray. As you need, yourself can credit in it, Amen. Because you can't see God, but I love what Paul says in the Romans church. In the beginning to the Roman Christians, he writes this in Romans 1 verse 20. He says, For ever since the creation of this world, his invisible nature. Notice this. You know, when something is invisible, you can't see it now. His invisible nature. You can't see it. And he's now saying, listen, this God that you can't see has a nature. And this is what he says. And he has attributes. He says, that is his eternal power and his divinity. Say, krach, and, and, and say divinity, whatever that is in Afrikaans. Have been made intelligible. So that the not so bright people can understand God. He says, and clearly discernible. We can discern this invisible, amazing God, he says. In and through the things that have been made, his handiwork. Why? So that men are without excuse altogether, without any defense or justification. Ons kan God in alles sien. Die God when you go into prayer, he's, he's real, he's alive. Hallelujah. You're not praying. Some people say, hey, Pastor, I feel like I'm praying to the ceiling. No, no, pray to God, not the ceiling. God hears you. God's available always, 24-7. Listen to me. He's, he instituted this thing called prayer. He wants you to pray. Amen. Prayer is the purest form of faith. Like Hebrews 11 verse 1, the faith chapter, he says, being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. We cannot see it yet, but when we pray, he says, if you will knock, if you will ask, and if you will seek, I will do it for you. What a promise from our incredible God. Prayer is not wishful thinking, but it's based on the promises of God's word. Amen. Prayer. Is a privilege. It's a voorrecht. And ons gebruik nie is die voorrecht wat die Heere vir ons sê. Dat is die reale nog mooi vir my, want die Heere is nou so, soos die Heilige Geest oor die Heere nou lees. And God's heart. Hallelujah. This is so amazing. It's a privilege to talk to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Listen to this beautiful scripture here in Hebrews 4.16. He says, then let us, what's that word? 
they fearlessly and what confidently and boldly. He says, let us then we can come zonder vrees, ons kan kom met confidence, whatever that is in Afrikaans, self vrijmoedigheid, self vertrouwen, and boldly, as in Afrikaans word for boldly, what is oh, nee broer, don't use that one, the devil's going to sidetrack you there, but the point of the matter is we can come fearlessly, confidently and boldly. When we come confidently, the Bible says, doesn't say we must come arrogantly, confidently. You know, I'm messing around, I'm messing around, but I'm still coming to God. Hey, Lord, good morning. Meantime, you've got all these skeletons in your cuts. That's arrogance, man. You need to come humbly to God. But listen why he says this. So we can draw near to the throne of God's grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor for us sinners. Ons kan kom en ons kan ingang in die woning van God. The Bible there in Greek uses the word Shekinah. It's the glorious presence of God where man cannot enter in in the flesh. We will wreck if we go into the presence. It is so powerful. But he says we can come fearlessly, confidently and boldly into that very presence of God that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in a good time. Every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. I want to say this to you and I want to encourage you. If you've messed up, if you've got sin in your life, if there's something wrong in your life, because you'll see I'm going to talk about that just now. These things keep you away from a prayer life. But the scripture tells me you can come confidently fearless. You will be bang to this. Oh, I can't for the other, but my life is too slack. Hey, the Heere soek soeke sleg oud, want hy wil jou reg maak. Amen, he's in the restoration business, he's in the refreshing business, we can come, God wants to hear from us, God wants to share in our joys, he wants to share in our problems, our issues, he wants us to bring it to him all the time, speak to God about everything, he asks us to ask, keep in mind that our request when we're asking must be in faith, Matthew 21, 20 says, and whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, then you will receive. We've got to pray in faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please God. And then we need to come without, without, with, with unselfish motive. Listen to this, James 4 verse 2. He says, you don't have because you don't ask. A lot of people are complaining about what they don't have. And, and have you spoken to the Lord? No, actually I haven't. I spoke to my bank, I spoke to my uncle, I spoke to my auntie. <laughs> I spoke to everyone, I didn't speak to the Lord. No, no. He says, you don't have because you don't ask. But then he, he, he corrects that. And he says this in, in 4 verse 3. He says, when you ask, that's prayer, you do, not, you do not receive. Why don't you receive when you pray? Because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Dan bid ons, as die Heere, ons het een deurbrak in die finansies in ons bezigheid. Dan sien die Heere jou boe bonder. Dan gaan koop jy jou 4x4 in een boot. Jy verkoop jou motorfiets. Die Heere het jou sê om al te geroep. Maar nou gaan jy na Christian Boating Association. God never called you to that stuff. That's why God's not going to give you that boat in that 4x4. 
Ask God to bless you with a new Hayabusa. Or a jet. So we need to pray in faith. We need to pray with our selfish motives. And thirdly, according to the will of God. But this belongs And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege, and the boldness which, with which we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything, Jesus said we must ask, we must seek, we must knock. He says if you ask anything, and you make your requests according to His will, and you're in, in agreement with His plan, He will listen to you, and He hears us. And if, since we positively know that He listens to us, in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us our present possessions, the request that we've made. It needs to be in line with the will of God. It's got to be to build up your life. It's got to be to increase your life so you can become a better person, so that you can be a good... Ask God to bless you financially. Let me just say this. If God can get it through you, He'll get it to you. Wat jy so seinig is, al geer as jy het hy bul, so geer aan traan, hy buffel, of hy onderdraan nood. Now, now, God loves the cheerful giver. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to go through this as quick as I can. Are you with me? I just want to talk to you about the problem of praise. And, and so now I want to ask you this morning. I'm going to say a whole lot of stuff here. And I want you to sit here this morning and say, that's me. Lord Jesus, help me. And ons gaan nachtmal neem. And it's going to be your moment to spend your time with God. To fix whatever is unfixed in your life. Amen. Are you ready? Whatever you're going to hear today, if any of these things touch you, then you need to make restitution with your Heavenly Father. What is the problem with prayer? I mean, why don't Christians pray? I mean, think about this for a moment. If we have a braai vlees, bring niks nie, bring net jylle selfs aan, ons wil jylle seen, ons gaan lekker boerewos en chops, my favorite, en dit so, steak too, you can throw that in, en lekker pap en saus, en lekker goeders, en koek en Man, I tell you something, we've got to close the gate there because there's too many people. But say net, ons gaan a gebed uurkie hou. Oh, Jesus. As jy vijf mense hier so het, ons is a, ons is a pandemic crowded. What does that say a little bit about our lives? When we are in call to prayer, let us pray, church. God has called us to pray. So, here's a couple of reasons why we don't pray. Here's the one. Let me just get Corinthians. Yeah, quickly. There's one Corinthians. What number were you, son? One Corinthians. Right. The first one is worldliness. Battles for something. If, if, if anything, the world has, has infiltrated the church. The church is starting to look like the world. Amen. Yeah, we can deny that day. 1 Corinthians 2.12, Paul says, it's not up there, this stuff I've added. He says, now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, that God's given. Ons het nie die geest weer gekry van die wereld nie. Ons kan die wereld gesintheid heen nie. Ons kan die wereld leven nie. Amen. 
We need to understand it. We're so concerned with the material values of this life, we ignore the spiritual life. Prayer is a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual discipline, I said. We mistake the initiative to be spiritually minded, not worldly minded. We become worldly minded, we become spiritually no good. I mean, if you think of everything, prayer has been taken out of schools, prayer has been taken out of the government. What about you? Do you still lead by example in places? I always said it. If you're sitting in a restaurant, but you look where you are, of course. Hey? I've said it before, like my, my stepfather told this year. He didn't smoke to pray. So we, then we sit down, and then he grabs his nose for whatever reason, I don't know, like this. Sheikha father, number it's something yeter, amen. I never knew. But this is a bad thing. I've said it before. When you're sitting in a restaurant, and the waiter has just arrived with your course, and you're going to pray. You saw my grab the waiter's hand, and then he's like trying to go to get more gadgets. The holy man. And you pray for him too. Father, bless this dude here. May he find Jesus. Amen. People must see it. Isn't that joyful? I love it when I'm sitting in a restaurant and I take a family sit down and he calls come and I'll better. He's calm for the dinner from here anymore. We need to raise our prayer. We stop being worldly. Stop letting the world dictate to you. Worldliness. Okay, that's that one. What about busyness? We think we're so busy that we cannot make or take time to spend time with God. Isn't it so? But, but yet, I know it's not you guys. I hope somebody's listening on this podcast now. But I know it's not you guys. We spend hours and hours watching our soapies and Netflix and other flicks and whatever flicks is you. We watch the stuff. We'll spend 10 hours in front of the TV. But I'm sorry, in ear. Maybe in what all the onwarden for your lieve head. Is that I know or is that Amen? The one we need to spend time with, the one that's got all the answers to our lives. Maybe you want to fast a little bit there. Sit on the after and on the take my thought on your benefit. Here's another one, and people have spoken to me. They said, oh, you're so distant. God, you're so distant from me. Listen, when we fail to pray, we end up feeling distant from God. That's why it happens. I always say, if you're feeling distant from God, guess who moved? Because God's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He's there. He's not distant. He's there. He's with you. In truth, God is never distant. He's always close by. He hasn't moved. He hasn't changed. And let me tell you, He hasn't lost interest in you. So we need to be careful when we say God's distant. The problem lies by you. Another one yet. Here's the one called ignorance. Umkanda. If we don't pray and read our Bibles, we won't understand God's power. We won't understand God's goodness. And so we have ignorance. And ignorance causes people what to pray. People say, I get what I'm to bitten. Come in, Pastor George, up your, up your back. I say, Yarra, Yarra. I bet for Pastor George, no. And I bet it's good for me. Don't you know, like I'll get it. Bid and say, dankie Heere vir die dak oor my kop. Heere, laat die kos het. Dis a gebed. You know, we got so much to pray about. Ignorance, listen. We won't be grasping things like this. And here's a prayer scripture. Listen to this. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who, in by in consequence of the actions of his power, that is at work where? Within us. 
What is he able to do? He's able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Say super abundantly. Not just, not just abundantly, but super abundantly. Far over and above all that we did to do what? Ask. This gebed. Or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. If we knew God better, we would pray better. And we would pray more. And he has another one, which I think is a real problem in the church, why we don't pray. It's just a simple little word called sinful. Sin builds barriers between us and a caring God. He does. Because I say this, when you pray full, you'll find you will be sinless. But when you sin full, you're going to be praying less. Psalm 68 just puts the nail on there. Psalm 66 verse 18. If I regard iniquity, that sin, in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Hmm? We need to live rain. Purity, as this guy was saying. How the church should be. Purity. Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and His ears are attentive to their cry. On who? On the righteous. God's listening. But He says, I don't listen when there's sinfulness in God. There's only one way to come back to God. And how's that? To go on your knees and say, Lord, your word says, if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me of all unrighteousness. Be quick to repent. Be quick to restore your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Active sin will drastically affect your prayer life. Then here's another one. And you think, ah, people can't be like this. It's pridefulness. Pridefulness. In essence, we're saying, I don't need to pray. I can take care of myself. Now, you may not say it with your mouth, but your whole demeanor, your life speaks volumes about that. You're saying it. I mean, think about this. Here's three things. The self-sufficient, they don't pray. The self-satisfied, they won't pray because they're self-satisfied. And you have the self-righteous, they cannot pray. And that's unfortunately, may pride never be the reason that you don't pray. Prideful. I hope you picked up something this morning and said, Lord, you know, this is speaking to my heart. The next two are very good. Inexperience is the next one. How do you learn to pray, church? How do you learn to pray? It's, it's, you know how simple it is? You pray. I don't know to pray. No, man. But, begin with God praat, so as you with a maat praat, with a friend, God is He's closer than a brother. You speak to Speak to God. Whatever's on your heart, speak to God. And I've said it before, and I'm sure I've said it of this pulpit, yeah. But when you pray, and that's a problem with a lot of people why they don't pray, and that's the inexperience. You know why? Because when you're praying, you're praying so that people can hear nice things you say. No, no. When you're praying, you're speaking to Father God, no matter what the people say. Because the people cannot do anything you're asking. God, meet us in the service this morning. May your anointing come here. What did you think, guys? Is that okay? <laughs> yes, you cannot bring an anointing and okay in the service. We can't. But He can. Whenever you pray, don't worry about what people think or say. Jy praat met papa in die jimmel. Al kom het krom en crazy uit. Maak het nie saak. 
Because the more you pray, the more you read the word, the better you will pray. Amen. Inexperience. Praying is a disciplined skill. The more we pray, the more answers to prayer we experience, and the more we see God's answers, the more we begin to pray. You see, eventually, it's like momentum in our life. And then the last one is the best one. Say, I can't wait. <laughs> Put it up. What's it? Laziness. <laughs> this is the saddest excuse of all. Unfortunately, this happens in the church all of the time. We're not willing to make time and effort to pray. Even though we know, and you heard it this morning, that it's important. You'll get in your car, you'll drive home, and you'll go back to exactly the same spiritual level and standard when you walk into this place. But if I look at all of you today, it's not going to be like that. Amen? We're going to become praying Christians. Amen. Because when the saints begin to pray, God will have His way. Do you want to see a move of God in the land, in this crazy country? When you just listen to the news and some of our leaders, my Lord Jesus, we need to pray. We need to pray. Listen, sadly, many Christians fall under this category. Oh, you're only as strong and influential as your prayer life. As you begin min bid, moet nie verwag dat die skeelinge van God oor jou lewe gaan val. But when you spend time with daddy, Matthew 6 verse 6, I don't have it up there, but Matthew 6 6, Jesus speaking, he says when you pray, go into your inner room, and your father that sees you there in secret, kyk, ek wil jou net vir jou vertel, God sien jou as jy bid, God kyk uit vir jou want jy bid, as jy vraag, as jy klop, as jy soek, gaan ek vir jou sien, sê die jy. How clear can I make that to you today? You need to be a praying Christian. Amen. Listen, if you're anything like me, you know when you're not praying enough. You know it. Amen. I'm going to read a psalm here before we go into communion this morning. Psalm 5, verse 1 through 4. David, listen. He says, listen to my words, O Lord. Give heed to my sighing and my groaning. Do so in the teenwoordigheid van God kom. He says, hear the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For you do I pray. For to you do I pray. Ek bid tot u God. In the morning you hear my voice, Lord. In the morning I prepare a prayer of sacrifice for you. And I watch and I wait for you to speak to my heart. God will dit vir jou doen. Amen. God wants to. And then he says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, neither will the evil man so much as dwell temporarily with you. Let us trust this morning through the working of the Holy Spirit that's living in you. All of us have received the anointing of the Spirit. If you're a born-again child of God, God has poured His Holy Spirit out into your heart and your life. Amen? And God wants you to be a praying Christian. I hope this morning, you see, this is not just a sermon to make us feel good. This is a sermon to help us to grow and be better in our walk with Jesus. Amen? We need to understand that. That's why we need to be praying Christians. Are you going to be a praying Christian? Amen. Amen. I'm going to be a praying Christian. I want us to stand. I just want to pray over us before we go into communion this morning.
Thank you, Jesus. Come on, stop. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read a scripture over us this morning as we prepare ourselves for scripture. We can have that back again, thanks, brothers. Thanks, be lover. Amen. Father, we just come this morning, Lord, and I just bring each and every one of us. Father, in some area of our lives, we've reneged so much on prayer. That we know, that we know, that we know. That we've not been obedient in the area of prayer. And Father, yet you've given us this incredible gift called prayer. So that we can communicate with you. How easily we cut ourselves off from you because we don't pray. So Lord, I pray that this word as it went out, that the spirit of the living God would rest upon every hearer that heard this word. Those that would even listen by podcast. Your anointing, Lord, will draw us into the urgency of the time that we live in. That the answers lie with our time seeking you, praying to you, asking, knocking. You say, if we keep on, you will continue to bless. So I pray, Lord, that the seed of a prayerful heart be raised up this morning. And even as we're going to take communion now, Lord, that we will rectify that which is not in a good place. Because this table speaks of a great sacrifice. The example of prayer. You that taught us to pray, showed us how to pray. And we thank you for that today, Lord. May your blessing and anointing rest upon us and upon this table. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come, let us take our seats. I just want to read something to you. Something different. It's not your, not the normal everyday communion message. Uh, that one would read. We know on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body in the same as the cup. He says, this is the blood in my new covenant. But that table did something so amazing for each and every one of us. So I want to ask you this morning, if you don't know, you're sitting here and you've not made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you're in the right place today. Amen. You, because yes, capable people that can pray with you that can help you and lead you into the presence of God. But this table is for the born-again, spiritual believers whose lives have been changed by what Jesus did. Just listen to this. Romans 8, verse 9. Because if we acknowledge and we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, and in our hearts we believe it, we adhere to it, we trust, and we rely on this truth, that God raised Him from the dead, listen to this, you will be in a fantastic. How many of you sitting here are saved? Let me How many are you saved this morning? Are you listening to me? Are you saved? Show Jesus. Say, Thank you, Jesus. I'm saved. You didn't get saved just by a, a vint bestaven. It's by faith, by grace in Jesus. The Bible says if we confess with our lips Jesus is Lord and in our heart we believe it that He was raised from the dead, you will be saved. 
That's how we came into a, the relationship with God. For with the heart a person believes that he has to trust Him and relies on Christ. And so we are justified. We are declared righteous and acceptable to God. And with our mouth he, we confess and we declare openly and we speak out freely His faith and confirms His salvation in us. If we believe it and we speak it. Verse 12 says, No one for there is no distinction between Jew, Jew or Greek. The same Lord is the Lord over all of us. And He generously bestows His riches upon all of us who call upon Him in faith. Hallelujah. And here's the beauty. Last scripture. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking Him as Lord, will be saved. What a privilege this morning. We can rejoice. You know why Jesus said the two things he gave? Baptism and communion. And the Old Testament had lots of, of, of celebrations. The Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. They had all of these feasts. And for one good reason. Was to remind the people, in case they forgot the goodness of God. They, he made them do stuff to remember. That's why Jesus said, every time you take this table... You remember my death until I return. Amen. And the emphasis is, He died for me. But yes, the point, and I said it last time, is because He's coming back again. And He's coming back for a church that's ready and prepared. He's coming back for a people that are praying and seeking. Amen. Are the guys ready to hand out the communion? If you can have the, the A-team, yeah, thank you. The Aspon. Just allow the Lord to, to minister to you now. You know, this is normally at this time we've been so concentrating that we just kind of like on the wrong. This is a wonderful opportunity to, to spend a bit of time now with Jesus. Begin to speak to God. If there's a if there's been a an issue in your prayer life and you've not been praying and there's been sin or there's been whatever in your life, you've heard so much of it this morning. Spend time now and ask God. To restore that. So as you take that body of his that was broken for you. And that new covenant. His blood for your sins. To help you to be a victorious overcoming Christian. May God bless us. May God help us. Hold that hold that uh, bread and that cup. Until everybody's been served. The Bible says we wait on one another. And then together we will take communion this morning. Thank you Lord. Thank you for listening to the Life Central Bikers Church podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at lifecentralchurch.org.za and get in touch.